place by peace. Did you see the angels this morning in our midst? When you were worshiping, did you see them? If you didn't see them, they were here in the midst and they were flying through the atmosphere. <clears throat> As they were flying through the atmosphere, the resistance that was in this place was being dealt with. Amen? I'm so grateful for the heavenly places. You know, I want to continue with the word that God is releasing. I hope you understand that uh, God is orchestrating the events on the earth. I hope you understand that God is orchestrating the message and the word to his chosen people. I hope you understand that the message that comes through the pulpits of God's chosen people all over the earth is prophetic in these days. I hope you understand and recognize and rehearse the messages that have been coming for weeks. I used to come to church, and somebody on the next Sunday used to ask me, what was the message about? And I would struggle to try and remember just one week. I hope you are rehearsing because there's a flow and there's a pattern that's, been, that's being created. And if you don't know and understand the pattern, it'll be difficult for you to know and discern the days that we're in. And so if you're here this morning and you have to leave early, there are all kinds of resources for you to catch up. And I'm encouraging you, be one who knows the pattern. Be one who knows the orchestration of the Spirit. Be one who is able to put the pieces together in the voice of God and what he is speaking in the earth in these days. We heard this morning that when your time on this earth is done, you're going to one of two places. You're not just going to fall asleep and cease to exist. You're made of body, soul, and spirit. There's a piece of you that's going to live forever. And on that day, could be today, could be tomorrow, you don't know when the day is. But on that day, you're going to one of two places. You're either going to hell, where there is eternal punishment, and unbelievable and imaginable pain forever, or you're going to heaven where there is unimaginable joy and love and peace and the glory of God and his majesty and his hope. And I want there to be a soberness that continues in our midst this morning because the Spirit of the Lord is leading us precept upon precept He's leading us and he's putting together the puzzle pieces in your life that you would know and understand. You can make your decision on that day by indecision and just blame it on all of the circumstances around you. Or you can make that decision by the will of God and the pattern that he is unfolding and the day that we're in. It's up to you. It's not up to the circumstances. 
It's not up to how you feel. It's not up to how you think about the Scriptures. There's going to be a day where you and I are judged before the throne room of God that's based on what you really believed and what you put action to and how you decided to walk the life out on this side of the veil. There's so much happening in the world right now, more than any other time, that the events of those things are to draw you through fear, through anxiety, drawing you to the place where you don't want to go, the places of hell. There's wars and rumors of wars threatens our lifestyle. And if you tap into the fear and tap into the anxiety, you spend your day playing the what-if game. What if this happens? What if that happens? You may decide to go shopping and start storing up things because you're fearful of what might happen. You might decide to Make a move. You might decide to fortify your own kingdom, your own structures. If you play into that, the word tells us in that day it will all be burned up and it will come to nothing. Because you didn't trust in the God who formed the pattern for you to understand. Amen? We see and know things are going on in this natural world, and we see all kinds of very challenging things, nations and governments and economics and powers and authorities. What I've asked the Holy Spirit in my time of prayer over the last several weeks, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to increase our hunger for the spiritual things. I'm asking him to lead us in our purpose, in our destiny. Did you know that we're living in a time of fulfillment right now? I'm asking the Holy Spirit in this period of cleansing that we're in to give me a hunger for the truth, a hunger for the spiritual things that are in heaven. Because Jesus said, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. And if you don't know and understand the things that are going on in heaven, you're left to your own thoughts and your own devices. You have got to be able to ascend into heavenly places as the Spirit of God leads you. To know and see things and understand things. Jesus said, I do nothing but what I first see and hear my Father speak. He's the first of many. We understand the Old Testament that there was a temple, right? That there was a temple that God gave Moses a pattern that we would know and understand what exists in heaven. And I'm not going to describe all of the pieces. You can read it yourself. But part of that temple was a holy place 
and a most holy place. And at that time, there was a veil separating one from another. And at that time, God's glory presided in the most holy place. The people of Israel, the people, the chosen people, were not permitted in that place. There was a priest, a high priest each year, that was required by the law to go in and present by blood, atoning for the sins of the people as a type and a shadow of a greater thing to come. He was commanded to do this by the word of God. But you and I didn't have access. If you were living in that time, you couldn't experience the holiness of God. You couldn't experience his presence. His presence was contained in a place where you weren't permitted to travel. Matter of fact, the word tells us that if the priests didn't do what they were commanded to do, and did it in some unholy or irreverent way, they would die. There were priests who offered profane fire before the altar and were judged for it. And I want you to understand how holy God's presence is. And I want you to understand that there was a period of time where no man, you and I, were permitted to experience. And then love determined that the separation between God and his creation needed to change. And he sent his son He sent his son as the ultimate blood sacrifice, as we have heard this morning. And he offered himself on the cross. And in that process, that veil, that doorway, that path to the holiness of God was torn top to bottom. It represented a passing away of the old and a beginning of the new. And the invitation got posted through the blood of Jesus Christ. Whosoever will believe in the resurrection body of Jesus Christ has a personal forever invitation on this side of the veil to experience the holiness of God. Amen? Are you with me? God's glory was kept inside. Only the priests were allowed to be there. Once a year, they had to come by blood. Something had to die. God's glory resided in that place, and the high priests weren't allowed to enter in in any other way. You can read about it in Leviticus. The veil of God's presence was hidden from us. But when Christ came on the cross, the veil was torn top to bottom and a timeless invitation for everybody to experience was first at hand. I'm repeating myself for a purpose. Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brethren, having the boldness to enter the holiest of holies 
by the blood of Jesus Christ, by a new and living way, he consecrated for us through the veil his flesh. Having a high priest over the house of God, high priest of Jesus Christ, let us draw near with a true heart and a full assurance of faith. You can't do it in the natural. You can't do it because you were taught in Bible school. You can't do it because you were taught by your parents. You can't do it because you understand and comprehend the Scriptures. You can't do it out of your own strength. You can't do it out of human understanding. Deb Kerwin stood before you before worship and said, the longest distance that you will ever travel is the distance from your head to your heart. It has to be by faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience of our bodies washed in pure water. Steve reminded us last week the valuable, precious creation that you are in his presence. And some of us have been crinkled up and some of us have been thrown down and stepped on. That doesn't make the original any less valuable. You can be less valuable to people. You can be less valuable in marriages. You can be less valuable in intimate places with your kids. But you're never less valuable to him who created you in the secret places. Kathy reminded us several weeks ago You're commanded to live and bear fruit. You're commanded to walk by the Spirit, to put off the distractions and refocus on our call, not to despise the correction or the chastening of the Lord, and the correction of the chastening of the Lord is here this morning. Perhaps this isn't the message you wanted to hear, but the Word of God tells us not to despise it, for out of that... The glorious comes. We know for sure that Christians are the ones that have the true relationship, that have the true relationship with Christ Jesus, are the individuals who are given their lives to Christ. These are the ones who can see and know and understand by the Spirit what is going on in heaven. So, what what should you be experiencing in heaven? Is it an empty place? full of fog and vast space and wilderness? Is it a building? Is it a structure? Is it a city? What's there? Who's there? Are there creatures that you've ever seen before? Are there governments that are orchestrating under the direction of God carrying out his plans. Deb reminded us, even last week, as she was reading the last Psalms, I was reading that the night before, you ought to be able to come to church and bear witness to where God has had you in the last few days. If that's not going on, I would challenge you, take a different approach. Humble yourself. Stand in the place of worship and let him change your heart.
she reminded us, out of all of the Psalms, everything that David went through, all of the places of struggle, it came down to Psalms 148 and 149. And if you haven't read it recently, I would encourage you to do it because it's part of the prophetic story that we're in right now. What is there in heaven? What do you see as a spiritual creation of God? What are the kinds of things, what's going on in heaven? Paul said, I know a man who 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. Such as one was caught up to the third heavens, and I know such a man. Whether in the body or out of the body, he said a second time, I don't know, God knows. He was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which he described and testified were not lawful for him to repeat. Because God gave him an experience as a spiritual man that wasn't the appropriate time to release upon the earth. But I'm telling you, the mysteries of heaven are being revealed to whosoever will in the day that we're in. There are prophetic dreams and visions and a drawing up that begins in worship so that you can experience the spiritual events. We can expect to see the creatures that God created bearing witness to God's glory. John saw this in Revelation and he testified immediately, I was in the Spirit and behold, the thrones were set before me in heaven. And the one who sat on the throne was like that of jasper in Sardis stones. In appearance, there was a rainbow around him, around the throne, an appearance like emerald. He was seeing the throne of God and Christ Jesus. And he was trying to describe in words what he was seeing. Scripture says that all creation waits And testifying of the goodness of God, did you know that the scripture tells us that even the trees sway and clap their hands at the goodness as a testimony to God? When you enter heavenly places as a spiritual being, I have seen libraries and vast books that haven't been read by humans that are written and authored by the Creator Himself. We can expect to see governments that are in heaven set up under the authority of Christ Jesus. There are different levels of authority in heaven. I've seen some of those authorities. Daniel tells us that I watched until the thrones were put in place. The Ancient of Days was seated. In other words, things are about to change. When the judge comes into the courtroom from the chambers behind, it indicates he has a decision and he is about to reveal it. And the Ancient of Days was seated, and his garments was white as snow, and the hair of his head was pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame. 
its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him, and the court was seated, and the books were opened. John saw the 24 elders seated around the throne. These places are real. These places are forever. The things that that your eyes are gazing upon in this moment are temporal. They're not forever. They're given and situated to support a temporary situation, a temporary time period. But the things that John is describing are eternal. He said, I saw the 24 elders before the throne, clothed in white robes, signifying that they've been made pure. They've been through the trial. They've been through hell and back. As Steve described last week, the brokenness. They had crowns on their head indicating that they're given a measure of authority. Who are these 24 elders? It doesn't give us the names. So you'll have to go there and see it yourself. He says the throne preceded lightning and thundering and voices. There were seven lamps there burning before the throne. In other words, the Spirit of God was very active and present. Did you know that there's a sea of glass that the word describes? And the the author tries to describe it. He says it was like crystal, but the words of men can't adequately describe it. And so he's just saying, it seemed to me like a sea of glass. In the midst of the throne and all around were four living creatures. Have you ever seen the seraphim? Have you ever seen the cherubim? These creatures... I explained to you a few weeks ago that Lucifer himself was one of those. One of the highest ranking creatures that God created. Immense and powerful authority. But the seraphim are there for a different reason than the cherubim are. They're different creatures. The seraphim have six wings. And they're given to the throne room of God to attend to the needs of God. It is such a holy place that there's six wings. Two of them are covering their face in humility before God, because like it was with Moses on the mountain, when God pleaded with God, when Moses pleaded with God, let me see you. He said, no man can see my face and live. But he understood the heart of Moses, and instead of showing him his face in some creative way, he said, I'll show you my backside. And so he veiled Moses, and he got to see a part of God. These these living creatures, we don't know how many of the seraphim there are, but there's more than one. There's at least two, because the word testifies of them flying back and forth and calling out to each other as they fly with their two wings. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. We know with two wings, they're covering their face in the humility. And the other two wings, they're covering their feet 
or whatever, however they're structured. My sense is that the feed is just a way to describe because there aren't any other words. The cherubim are there. The cherubim are described as the burning ones. One of the cherubims was given to guard the temple, the Garden of Eden, as a flaming sword. These are the ones who receive the instructions from heaven and carry out and execute his will throughout heaven and upon the earth. If you haven't ever seen the glorious things in heaven, there is no reason that I can think of in Scripture that would prevent you, as there was in the days of old, through the veil with one high priest. Because Jesus and his blood made a way. Amen? John said immediately, I was in the Spirit. In other words, he wasn't in the natural. He wasn't seeing this in flesh and blood. He said, I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set of heaven, set in heaven. One sat on the throne, and he was there, was like Jasper and Sardis. And I've, I've explained to you, but I'm bringing you back to the... All of creation, even the trees, the books, the seraphim, Daniel... Did you know that there are angels in heaven? The word tells us there are myriads of them. Thousands times 10,000. Can you imagine? Have you seen the angels? Some are huge. Some are mighty. There are ranks. The cherubims. I explained to you about the burning ones. Remember the prophetic worship for looking for, uh, for, for looking who, who can open the scroll. Two weeks ago, we sang a song that was a prophetic song. It was a simple song. Who is worthy to open the scroll? And there was none that was found. And the author tells us that he began to weep. And he began to feel sorry. And then there was one that came that was found to be worthy to open the scroll. And his name is Jesus. And no other can release the things like that that are in heaven. But we know that when he opens the scroll, he begins to understand or communicate or say what was written in the scroll. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside on the back, sealed, and the seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaim with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to or look at it. So I wept much, because no one was found to be worthy of open and reading the scroll for, or, or even look at it. But the one of the elders said to me, Don't weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. 
And then it goes on, he is worthy to take the scroll. And the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb and worshipped him. Each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense. And there were the prayers of the saints. Isn't that amazing? That the creatures of heaven and the governments of heaven and the occupants of heaven possess your prayers. And they sang a new song. There is a song in the heavenly places that you cannot sing unless you enter by the Spirit. And I saw the Lamb open one of the seals and I heard one of the four living creatures, the seraphim and the cherubim, saying with a loud voice like thunder, come and see. He is inviting you. He is inviting those who have come through the trials, those who have come through the hardships, as Steve spoke about last week. Come and see. And I looked, and behold, there was a white horse, and one who sat on it had a bow and a crown given to him. I'm not going to go into the meaning of the first seal, perhaps another time. What I want you to know and understand there, there was a change in heaven. There was a change that would affect earth. And the one who was granted access to open this seal, picture a judge in his chamber waiting for the presidings of the trial to begin, thinking about how it must go. And then the announcer, all rise, in honor of the judge coming into the courtroom and all rise in honor of what the judge is about to explain. And then he says, be seated. In other words, now is the time to reveal the decision of what went on in the secret place, the secret chambers. And not all agree with it. Matter of fact, with every single trial, 50% of the people come away disappointed. Right? Plaintiff against defendant. Think about it in the natural world in order to know and understand what is going on in heaven. Not everybody is going to be thrilled with what they're going to be hearing. Some of your doctrine is going to be challenged. Some of your mindsets are going to be challenged so much that you can't believe what it is that you're hearing. What else is there in heaven? There is one who blows a trumpet in heaven. Just like we heard about last Sunday as we were entering heaven and experiencing the angels holding the flags and waving them back and forth before the throne of God. So too in the natural we can see that, but it doesn't adequately describe what is going on in the throne of, in the places of heaven. 
They're types and shadows that are a dim representation of the true pattern. And we see flags and we see tambourines and we see instruments. But in the Spirit, when you can see the Lord sitting upon the throne, clothed in His purple robe, and the sash going around Him, and the crown that's upon His head, and the diamonds and the emeralds and the sapphires that are around His, throne, around his crown, each one seems like an atomic... Uh, an atomic... Uh, emitting of light. It's amazing. Everything is so alive and brilliant. Even his robe and his clothes seem like they're alive in color that you've never imagined was possible. That you've never thought even existed just recently, man came up with something crazy like 24,000 different colors. I'm telling you, it doesn't represent the colors that are in the Spirit. There's an angel that's blowing a trumpet as another witness of things are about to change. The purpose of the trumpet was to gather your attention, to let you know that something was going to be announced, something that was going to be unfolding in your presence, in your understanding that you better pay attention to. We heard the trumpet in the middle of our worship last Sunday. Did you hear the trumpet? It was a prophetic voice of what is happening in the heavenly realms, but that trumpet could be heard throughout all of creation if you had the spiritual awareness to discern it. Spectacular. Amazing. Myriads of angels 10,000 times 10,000 with all of creation. Read, read Psalms 149, 148. Debbie explained, even the little mice and even the little creatures were before the throne room of God, each bearing testimony to what God has done. Jesus said, if you don't worship me, the rocks will even cry out. This was so spectacular. Every note imaginable to the human ear, blended together in perfect unison. But there's one thing that was missing, and every time I enter that place, it's missing. And I become aware of somehow, as glorious as that is, somehow as triumphant and beautiful and representing the holiness of God, representing His majesty, and the alive, the alive places of who he is. I described to you his, even the robe that he has on is alive somehow. I don't know how to choose words to explain it in any other way. Heaven is alive with things that no flesh has seen. 
And as glorious as that is, there's something that's missing. You know what it is? It's your voice. It's your voice. And it's almost like all of the ten thousands times ten thousands and and all of creation is waiting for you to lift up your voice and be a part of the heavenly choir. Because I've experienced when that happens, somehow, and I don't understand how it works, but I know that it does, all of heaven becomes aware of your voice. And they don't turn and focus on you, but they become aware that something just got added to their worship that was missing, that was critical, in order to go to a higher level, in order to be more substantial and more glorious and more powerful. And when we lifted up our voice, even today, there was an addition to heaven. How can you add anything to God? How can you add anything to his creation? Well, his word tells us that his heart longs for you. As Steve was describing the best way he could. It's in that place where the fear and the places where I started this message anxiety, the focus on self-preservation, the places of insecurity, the places of being hurt, the places of being wounded and damaged, comes into a different perspective because of the love and the glory of God. And you start to experience a change of heart and a change of mind And what Debbie was trying to explain earlier, the longest distance that man will ever travel between your head knowledge and your heart begins to take place. And the things that you knew about in the natural, in your soulish, in the soulish places become unveiled in your heart. And there is a different perspective on how you see that thing now. It's in that place of worship you get a new heart and new understanding. Place of fear is overwhelmed by love and mercy. Darkness is driven out by the light that emanates from his throne. I describe to you the light coming from the throne of God, coming from his clothes, coming from his crown, coming from everything that he is, but the greatest light is he himself. Everything else is just a reflector. Everything. Miracles happen in this place. The things that were impossible for men are being touched by God. Those are the places that are being unleashed upon the earth. A new access. Perhaps you couldn't wait to get the news every night to see what's going on in the east. Right? You're hearing about bombs, and you're hearing about missiles, and you're hearing about weapons of war. 
Well, I'm telling you, in heaven there are things far greater and far more powerful than anything man has ever been able to create, even if they were inspired by the demonic angels that fell from heaven. So why all the focus? Why am I saying this? This message to me for the last several weeks have felt like a message that ought to be brought during June, during uh, Pentecost. God knows. I want to read Psalms 149 before I close. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praises in the assembly of the faithful, O Israel. Rejoice in your maker, O people of Jerusalem. Exalt in your king. Praise his name with dance, accompanied by the tambourine and the harp. For the Lord delights in his people. He crowns the humble with salvation. Let the faithful rejoice in this honor. Let them sing for joy as they lie in their beds. Let the praises of God be in their mouth and a sharp sword in their hand. Interesting. Did you expect to see a sword in your worship, in your adoration before the throne room of God? It seems out of place. It seems out of place in this psalm that's talking about humility and being humble, exalting the king, talking about the people of the Lord. It sounds out of place. Who would bring a sword, a weapon of warfare, to a worship service? Seems so out of place. To execute vengeance on the nation and punishment on the peoples. To bind their king with shackles and their leaders with iron chains. To execute the judgment written against them. This, be careful. Understand what the word of God is releasing in the day that we're in. This is the glory of his faithful ones. Praise the Lord. Understand that God has always determined to associate worship with war. Where did the singers go when they marched out for battle? I would have put them in the back where they're safe. They're not trained as soldiers in weaponry. But God says in his word, they go in the front. They're leading the procession. They're leading the armies of heaven. You need to know and understand as children of God, there are things that happen as you ascend as spiritual being and start to see these angelic hosts. Understand the seraphim and the, and the, and the cherubim are among the highest ranking in heaven who have enormous power and authority. You need to understand that you're in the accompany. Right. 
of people, of, of things that are in heaven. And you need to understand, in that setting, there is enormous authority and power and justice. And when you find yourself in a place of justice and authority, everything that accuses you, everything that tries to trample who you are, gets dealt with. Why is this labeled as the glory of the faithful ones? Because when you ascend to heaven as a spiritual being and you stand in the midst of that kind of of righteousness, every accuser that has accused you, every place of... of, uh, every place of depression, of anxiety, gets overruled by the righteousness that is coming from the throne of God. That's why the new heart and the new mind. That's the new perspective. You enter into a glorious setting that's all about truth and light and hope and perseverance. That's why it's written in the book of Revelation, and they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Because you need to be ones who know how to ascend in the heavenly places like Jacob saw as he was coming into the new land, and he laid his head on a pillow, and his life changed, and he never imagined, and he called that place the gate of heaven. In his day, as a type and a shadow of things to come. In our day, the veil has been torn and you have been personally and intimately invited. What will you do with that invitation? What will you do with that kind of understanding that you're supposed to be an invitation of God by the blood of Jesus invited to experience spiritual things And if you haven't seen the throne room of God or stood in the presence of the angels and been aware of it, then I'm telling you, you have been too mild on your expectation. It isn't about coming in and looking at four walls and some pretty chandeliers and nice music and a nice video. Those are enablers into the spiritual places that are in heaven that you're invited into. Do you want to experience being called a glorious one? The last chapter in the Psalms goes through all of the struggle and all of the places, but God wanted us to know this is available because all of that. In some ways, I wanted to reorganize today and have our worship at the end. But you have an opportunity every moment of every day in your homes. It says, on your bed. On your bed. What will you do on that day as I wrap it up now for good (laughs) and close? What will you do on that day of the final decision? You will either go to heaven or hell. And it will be based on your decision that you made while on this earth.
You can either explain it away that I've been too busy, the cost of gas was too expensive, I didn't have time, my work is too busy, there's too many demands. Yeah, you can use that if you want to. That's your choice as an individual that was created and formed in the secret place by the author of all of creation. Or you can run home. And however you do it, you can find a place of worship in order to see and unfold what is written and decreed about you in the libraries of heaven, that you become that son. We heard today, Debbie told us, the sons, all of creation awaits for the sons to be revealed. If you're in the hearing of my voice, it's not by chance. It's orchestrated by God that you would hear this message. What will you do with this message? We heard this morning that cross that was there for Jesus is there for you to experience. Are you going to run away from it and choose a different path and then somehow try to explain it on that day? Or are you going to embrace it? so that you can experience the last psalm that said, this is the honor of the glorious ones, to bind their kings with fetters of iron and chains. You have been given authority. You have been given the word of God. You have been given the resources of heaven. There are warehouses in heaven that I've seen that are full of everything you can imagine. And those resources are waiting for the people of God to finally figure it out. How to ascend into a spiritual place. Grab hold of a truth. Grab hold of the light. Grab hold of the word of God. And like Jacob's ladder, come back down upon this earth and knowing how to release it. There are vast... There are those even in the books that are written that are not part of the Bible. They're called some of the lost books that describe in great detail. And I know that I can't preach on it, but it gives a greater understanding of what the Word of God is teaching in the Bible that we have. All right. God bless you. I hope somehow this um, motivates you to become the spiritual sons. Amen. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, for all of you that are watching this morning, I would just encourage you, uh, we're going to take communion this morning shortly, and so I would encourage you if you have the ability to take communion at home, uh, and we're going to ask God to uh, allow us to reach into the place to um, embrace the pattern of what's been described this morning. But I also just want to say to Barbara Dean, good morning. She's missing everybody. She sent a text. Uh, she's given Sean Wilder her new, her new address, so you can talk with Sean. We'll make sure. She would love to hear phone calls, text messages, at me, text messages, uh, letters, anything. She says it's only been five days, but she says I miss everybody. 
But she's already begun. She's got two people coming to the house for Bible study. So God is moving. And we, Barbara Dean, we contend for complete healing for that which is within your body. And then the good report of the kingdom will be established in your life. So we love you, Barbara Dean. For all of those that have been watching this morning, God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.